0: We got Trek news for you News you can use To wash away your blues We got Trek news for you What the fuck you gonna do
1: What the fuck you gonna do
2: Hey everybody Hey hi hi Welcome 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 to Trek news Yeah You're here to talk about Star Trek Uh oh Yeah In a way that's not my favorite way to talk about star trek. How's that? Prodigy got canceled. Son of a bitch! <laughs> God. Yeah, well this we can't have nice things. No, we can't.
1: <sighs> yeah, so Prodigy was honestly one of the most surprising
2: series. It was surprisingly fucking good.
1: Yeah, surprisingly fucking good. Like it mm. was like something I had no expectation for. Me Like I was just like uh Assuming it just be like every other like kids show, yeah, like just you know nothing that I would really like, like uh, like identify with or just like enjoy like mm-hmm. on, on any sort of level. And I was surprised. I was like, I'm really liking every single one of these episodes. How's this happening? Yeah,
2: and the weird thing is, uh, this was um, th- they said in the media that uh, Discovery, um, who owns Paramount or Paramount Discovery, they're kind of it's the, the same thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, did this for tax write-off purposes for underperforming series. Which what? makes me wonder, like, if the series was underperforming, why the fuck would they give it a second season? Yeah. I almost, like, don't believe that. Mm. Uh, and, like, also, like, I mean, th- this comes at a time where uh, there was also news um, kind of recently that Paramount also uh, is trying to sell BET to none other than Tyler Perry mm. for, uh, to the tune of $3 billion.
1: Tyler Perry has $3 billion.
2: I mean, the Tyler Perry Corporation has, like, mm. has the ability to leverage itself to get $3 billion. I mean, he, mm. he owns a, like, a giant, he owns his own movie studio, I think, in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Like, has a giant movie studio mm. where he makes, I mean, he's, you know, he's got a couple shows, I think, and then mm. he's making films all the time. He's got successful uh, touring companies for his plays. Like, the dude is making fucking money. Mm.
1: All right, yeah, yep. they, they, they would just turned it into a nonstop Medea TV show.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I haven't watched BET for a long time. I assume it could already be a Medea TV show. Oh
1: yeah, like I, it's weird to think how channels even exist still. It
2: really is. It's Cause, not, like
1: everything's like streaming.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's weird to think that like any cable channels exist, especially like something like BET, which you think would like skew kind of younger. Mm-hmm. in general but like because uh, the only people who watch like broadcast television are old people now yeah and so like something like i feel like mtv or you know bet wouldn't really make sense
1: well uh, uh, are they just going to maybe just make shows for streaming services or they have their own streaming service you Did, think
2: um are you talking BET? Or? Yeah. Um, yeah. I have no idea. Mm. I don't know if Tyler Perry is invested in a streaming service or anything. Mm. And it's just like, I don't know. The streaming service model has proven itself to not be exactly what they thought it would be. And it no. is like basically crushed Paramount as a company, and now they're trying to sell off tons of assets to get cash on hand because they have wasted so much fucking money trying to push streaming on everybody.
1: Yeah, and... It- it was kind of funny, like, last night, like, uh, my roommate saw that I had Paramount. Mm-hmm. She didn't know that I had Paramount on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, you, "You, you didn't tell me you had that. It has all the awful shows I like watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have it for Star Trek. But, yeah, uh, so it's like it's a thing <laughs> she
2: wouldn't pay for, but she likes watching. Is yeah,
1: thing. yeah. It's it's it has like you know it has the Tulsa Kings. It has, oh right,
2: right, right. It has every like, Tyler Sheridan show basically. Yeah,
1: every Tyler Sheridan show, like every other show on that, you know, was absolute dog shit. Yep. It's like." Yeah, I mean, it'd be funny, yeah, they cancel Prodigy, but, you know, we get another season of uh of Tulsa King. <laughs>
2: yeah, fucking Sylvester Stallone. I'm the boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cool.
1: Yeah, awesome.
2: So, here's some uh, news that kind of fits into this. This is from an article uh, only a few days ago. Hmm. So, I don't think there's a huge coincidence to this. Uh, this is from IndieWire, and it's uh, from their analysis section uh, by Tony Maglio so the same analyst who says he believes paramount should just shut down its streaming business has further f- thoughts on the future of paramount global it doesn't motherfucking have <laughs> so equity analyst stephen cajal of uh, wells fargo gave paramount corp another one to two years of throwing good money after bad money chasing a streaming profit they may never come in writing out the last gaps or gasps of linear television before quote the breakup becomes inevitable the quote good money within paramount global lies inside its studios which Cahal sees as worth about 30 billion in a sale per a note he sent to clients on thursday and we also learned uh this week that sent uh paramount stocks slightly up that uh netflix had actually looked into acquiring paramount specifically for its movie studios sometime within the last year or two mm. but perhaps the um you know the price tag was a little too much so um they obtained a note and call hall sees the whole of the company is currently structured as worth 22.3 billion and yes that is a bad thing Mm -hmm. Uh, paramount itself tours in enterprise worth about 28 billion Mm. Uh, unlocking value in the trend in media landscape these days, is look no further than Lionsgate's for another example of a studio considered worth more alone than its entire umbrella company in which it resides. So, once again, that's saying that Paramount is a movie studio is worth $30 billion, but they have straddled themselves with so many toxic assets and things that they can't keep up with, that Paramount Global, its parent company, is worth worth several billion dollars less. (laughs) Um... That's bad. That's, yeah. a, that's a very bad thing. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. Saying that your assets are worth more than your company mm-hmm. is saying you're prime for sale.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so an alternative to burning lots of cash for a little return, uh, Paramount could pull a Lionsgate and divvy itself up somehow. Um, it wasn't long ago that uh, IndieWire wrote about uh, Paramount uh, considering acquiring stars from Lionsgate. Uh, But business is changing at a pace that rivals The Flash. Uh, That joke sucks. (laughs) Uh, Sure, the linear television channels and direct-to-consumer business could be sold at deep discounts, but a rare gem, in Cajal's words, are Paramount Studios and CBS Studios. Hmm. These pieces could see significant interest from streamers if put on the sales block. Business Insider on Wednesday reported that Netflix was once very much uh, in the market for those pieces. The problem was, or perhaps still is, that Netflix had no use for Paramount's other assets. So they basically just want the movies, studios, and everything else fucking sucks. Like, yeah. wh- what do they need a fucking another streaming service for? Which yeah, is like really. what Paramount has put so much of their time and money into. Yep,
1: like yeah, really. It'll probably, what shows they do have will probably be folded into other streaming services or right? something.
2: And so it 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 begs the question: What should they have done? Yeah, and the answer is they should have made media for other streaming services mm-hmm. and not gotten to the streaming game. Like the streaming game is very limited and there's only gonna be a market enough for maybe two, three, four companies. Those companies have already been decided, I think. We got Netflix, we got Disney Plus, we got Hulu, and there might be room for one more. Mm-hmm. I mean if you count Tubi, definitely Tubi. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, Amazon Prime because mm-hmm. it's just because it's included with the service. Yeah. yeah. Um but, like, I mean, the, the the money's just not there. You're asking people to go from paying, like, you know, 60 to $80 for a cable package to be getting more convenience out of paying, you know, $100 mm-hmm. for streaming services. Yeah. And that, especially with, like, a DVR and stuff, I don't know if that really adds up. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah, especially, like, you know, it's convenient. You know, no one has, like, a schedule where they can, with, like, especially, like, a cable show, like, where mm-hmm. you're at, you know need to be home at a certain time to catch certain shows it's like no one likes doing that
2: (laughs) no 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 and so like I don't know like there's definitely not a future for linear television at all Like, it's it's just not gonna happen, it doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. and like, the technology has outpaced it to where it's just like, watching TV and having to be there for time on TV is inconvenient. Mm -hmm. Downloading a show like that is also inconvenient. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the only really convenient option is streaming, but the problem is, the market is too segmented. We want to see all the media, but all the media is between 10 different streaming services now, instead of, you know, back when it was, you had Netflix and Hulu and they had basically everything. Otherwise you had to fucking rent it or download it, which was Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they're trying to crack on all the downloading things. So, you know, they're just consolidating everything to where all of these streaming services fucking suck and have limited amounts of media. Mm Hmm. And another thing, too, is, like, uh, they're planning uh, with Star Trek Prodigy uh, to not only pull it from the service, but they've already mostly produced the second season, and it won't air on either Nickelodeon nor Paramount. They're looking to sell off the entire series to someone else. Wow. Right? Just abandoning it. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: That's so silly. Just, like, what then they just recently also make, like, the Catwoman movie? Um, like, our Batgirl uh, movie Bad or Batgirl movie? Batgirl, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, like, they completed it
2: and just threw it in the fucking trash trash. (laughs) it's like and took a fucking tax write-off on it just because it was such a goddamn stinker which apparently the the flash is as well and so like maybe they just need to stop trying to be marvel maybe lean into not maybe maybe, i don't know this is gonna sound crazy what if warner brothers decided to make original movies oh yeah wouldn't that be wild?
1: I, I do feel like superhero fatigue is probably kicking in at some point. Oh,
2: it, it kicked in a long time. Yeah, like years I, ago.
1: Like I, every time one of these superhero movies come on, like I have, I have no, I have zero interest. And mm-hmm. also seeing the clips from the Flash, where it just like, it, 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 there's no artistic merit that goes into it. The only one that's like actually looked interesting to me is the Across the Spider Verse movie. Mm-hmm and but you see that that has like you know it took over years where like people developing all these different art you know using all these different art styles and art techniques mm-hmm. so it's visually interesting and you know and and uh, fun to watch but you look at something like the flash where it's just like like a lot of the the footage just seems to be like the action happening in a featureless void which is like the easiest to put cgi characters in and i don't
2: know (laughs) if you know about this but they have like resurrected and ai'd and like deep faked a ton of different characters christopher reeves christopher reeves is in there but like they got some irl characters in there as well like michael keaton's in there as batman george Mm -hmm. clooney is in there as batman right i didn't like that one too much
1: (laughs) And uh, uh, Nick Cage is in there as Superman. Is Superman, Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Which is, like, th- that's a reference to a Kevin Smith story, which is wild.
1: Yeah, uh, like, also, like, he. there's a picture taken of yeah, Nick yeah, Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, it was, like, um, going to be made by, wasn't it going to be a Tim Burton movie or something?
2: Something like that. I yeah, like. It was, uh, it was supposed super, to be, I think, written by Kevin Smith, Yeah, right?
1: Superman Lives, or, yeah, yeah. yeah like, but. Even that looked awful. Like, it showed a screenshot of him, and it was obviously CGI, basically PS2 graphics. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's like, is there any... like they're,
2: they're trying to cash out on 30-year-old, I mean, like, 50, 60, 70-year-old franchises.
1: Yeah, and, and just, like, member-berry type shit, where it's just like, oh, check out all these, like, ca- characters from media that you actually enjoyed back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, isn't that fun? And it's just like, it just seems soulless and just... Exploitive, (laughs) especially since you're using Christopher Reeves' face. It's like, like, come on, we
2: can we can literally make new characters at any time. Yeah, It's, it's not hard. Like, you just need someone with cool ideas. Throw together a fucking composite of people they know or people they are.
1: No, but they have an algorithm where it's just like, okay. All right, where how can we you know maximize returns on this on this piece of shit? And like, oh, and
2: what if it stars an evil gender queer? Yeah, yeah, what if it what if it just stars the most evil gender queer on the planet? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, just like we got to finish this film. We got to ignore these kidnapping allegations. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to ignore these like very clear assault cases mm-hmm. because like we got to make a fucking buck on this because otherwise the fucking dc universe is over
1: yep the algorithm is telling us like we need to put these characters in it and you know oh ezra miller has like maybe one good film left <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's just do it before ezra miller becomes a person non grata and hollywood uh it's just like yeah it's you know the, and they think you know that they think it's like a going to they, they don't take into consideration any sort of like artistic merit or any no, sort of like saying anything.
2: They could be making money just making indie films, but they have to be putting so much money because they need to be competing yeah. with Disney, which they're not competition to Disney anymore. I hate yeah. to break it to them, but they are not the media empire that Disney is. No. M- Disney is worth, I think, like four or five times as much in market cap. Yeah. Like in Paramount, and that's after Paramount became Paramount Discovery, CBS. mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, they basically just own everything. It's yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. It just and it just goes to show, like, yeah, like this. You know, it like when that kind of happens, where it's just like this. You know, kind of complete stranglehold on mm-hmm. on like on mainstream culture. It's just like just becomes the most blandest, most like digestible thing you could possibly get. You know, it passes right over your brain, doesn't mm-hmm. leave any sort of mark. Because they don't, you know, because anything else would take. You know effort you know it's you know it's going back to the fucking you know like the 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 titan sub is a good allegory for all of this it's just like just do it as cheap and shitty as possible and, and hope for the best
2: yeah as long as the rich people are happy in the end <laughs> yeah that's all that matters yep um, you know the
1: give, give 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 the hogs the slop and then mm-hmm. and you know the hogs will pay pretty penny for the slop and then uh they'll just keep making more slop cause mm-hmm. that's what the pigs want <laughs>
2: Yeah, so uh, Paramount Global has been working to build up its balance sheet. The company tried to sell off its publishers, Simon & Schuster, for years, and appears to be nearing another billion-dollar-plus deal, one that hopefully won't get caught up in regulatory tape. Uh, Because last November, the DOJ killed a $2.2 billion sale to Penguin Random House for reasons similar to why the Federal Communications Commission won't allow two broadcast networks to operate under one roof. And so this is another interesting thing cbs can't be really sold off to anyone that can afford it mm. so paramount is kind of going to have to be its own thing because disney can't buy cbs because they own abc mm. uh and they also own fox i don't know how they own both of them but yeah. they um <laughs> uh so then you also have uh fucking nbc universal can't own it because they obviously own nbc um and so like and Netflix doesn't want it because it's a fucking linear television. Like no mm. one wants domestic television at all anymore. It's, yeah. it's a dying game, mm. except for maybe like fucking news media. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's they're they're scrambling for cash and it's fucked. Um. So uh, another thing about them trying to sell BET there, um. Yeah, Paramount's probably fucked within the next couple of years. And you know what i say great yeah they deserve it like, yeah
1: hopefully star trek is okay
2: i mean yeah star trek will uh, it's got to be sold off to someone yeah. there's got to be a willing buyer for star trek somewhere yeah. like star trek is you know iconic yeah like even i'm, I'm if steven allen was still alive he would have bought it or paul allen mm-hmm. yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um uh here's a here's a kind of fun news thing uh so a star trek style invention carries uh simultaneously carries about multiple medical tests like mr spock's tricorder Mm. so scientists have developed a cutting-edge device capable of performing multiple medical tests at the same time the laser biosensor reminiscent of a tricorder from star trek can analyze diverse particles simultaneously including viruses and dna the portable, high-tech device can identify the faintest traces of a specific virus, antibody, or protein marker for certain cancel cancers in a blood sample. So that's, like, super fucking useful mm. for diagnostics and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's
1: basically uh, what, what's-her-face was <laughs> building.
2: Oh, uh, fucking Ther- Theranos? Yeah, Theranos. Theranos yeah. Elizabeth something. Holmes. Yeah. Holmes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, it may even be able to detect airborne chemical warfare agents at levels far below toxicity, which Mm. is super interesting In experiments. The device successfully detected a mix of nano beads across eight orders of magnitude, expanding potential concentration levels more than one or 10,000 times, Mm. uh, making them into, uh, macro beads like the type I keep in my asshole. (laughs) Uh, Quote, this work is our latest step in developing integrated optofluid- wait, optofluidic sensing devices that are sensitive enough to detect single biomolecules and work over a very wide range of concentrations, says Dr. Holger Schmidt. He's oh, a German one of those. Put him on trial.
1: Jim Jangle, Jingle he- Schmidt. Dr. Holger Schmidt. Holger Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> John That's Jake. my name too. Oh, yeah. John Jacob Jangle Holger Schmidt.
2: Yeah, yeah. Doctor Holger Schmidt. <laughs> um, so, from the University of California Santa Cruz, the project's lead author in a media release said, "Quote: We have shown that this can be done with a single method, which allows us to simultaneously measure and distinguish multiple particles types at once, even if they have very different concentrations." Hmm that's pretty fucking cool yeah yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to a cool medical future when you can tricorder me and shit yeah uh especially when uh they they're able to give me an sti screening with a tricorder <laughs> yeah. so i don't have to like go in and tell like the doctor why i'd like one and tell them how many times i've raw dogged in the past six months
1: Also, i want to say that thing looked like um like the uh, portable car battery jumper thing that that,
2: I have in that, that wasn't it actually. Oh, that wasn't no, it. No, that was uh, that was a picture of something else. They, oh, didn't, they didn't have a picture of it on the article. Oh damn. Uh, yeah, damn. sorry, sorry.
1: I was hoping that it was going to be like the like the car jumper I have in my car. Yeah, you, just, you can just put put the clamps on your fingers and
2: or <laughs> on your dick. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, so here's here's some uh, kind of fun Trek news. This is uh, Trek comic news. Mm. This is a expanded lore and universe in the comics. Say so what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to go back and uh, talk about Nero's ship from Star Trek Nemesis. Mm. Yeah, so um, uh, this one is from Screen Rant by Sean Corley, published three days ago. <laughs> Nero, the villain from 2000. Do I really want to read this? It says. Oh, okay, never mind. So, Nero, the villain from 2009 Star Trek film, had a powerful ship. Sorry, I'm, I was not the. Uh not star trek nemesis i don't know why i said that it's yeah. star trek 2009. oh yeah yeah uh, nero the villain of 2009 star trek film had a powerful ship but the movie obscured just how dangerous it was yeah. the ship called the Narada was the instrument of nero's vengeance against spock and the federation but as revealed in star trek countdown a comic prequel to the movie it's far deadlier than anyone realized easily rivaling anything in the 23rd or even 24th centuries by the early 2000s, the Star Trek franchise had seemingly run out of gas, and Paramount decided to completely reboot the franchise, creating an alternate timeline called the Kelvin Timeline that allowed the studio to recast the iconic roles of Kirk and Spock, among others. However, writers Robert, uh, Roberto Orchi and Alex Kirkman needed a way to create this timeline. Enter Nero and the Narada. Thrown back to the 23rd century by singularity, the Narada attacked the USS Kelvin, thus creating a new timeline and killing Kirk's dad the day he was born. The Narada was a massive and awe-inspiring ship, but its origins are not revealed in the film. However, IDW Publishing has released a special four-issue miniseries, Star Trek Countdown, that bridged the gap between the Prime and Kelvin timelines, and leaders learned the Narada's shocking origin. Mm. Doing the shocker on (laughs) it. So, Star Trek Countdown number three is written by Mike Johnson and Tim Jones, working from a story by Kurtzman and Orchie, um, and was drawn by David Messina. The Romulan homeworld has just been destroyed by a supernova, and Nero blames both Spock and the Federation for the loss. A miner, Nero takes his ship and to a secret Romulan facility whose existence is only known to a few. The Station's commander welcomes him and gives him a tour of the facility. She reveals the existence of a new Romulan supership, one created, from Borg technology,
1: but I thought in the sh- in the movie it was supposed to be a mining ship.
2: It was, yeah. Mm. It says that it, oh, it was yeah. a mining ship. So, but he he um, he upgrades it with Borg technology mm. after this. So, um, Borg technology that had adapted to Romulan designs. Ooh. So uh, this innovation gives Romulan ships uh, superior firepower, warp and cloaking capabilities. Uh, furthermore, the weapon can identify and adapt to various threats, just mm. like the Borg. The commander feels the Nerada would be an excellent choice to be fitted with the weapon. Um, Nerada's backstory is also revealed in the issue, and uh, not conforming to any Romulan designs uh, is because it is made from Borg technology, and upon a closer look, fans can see subtle hints of the Borg and the super weapon fitted to the Nerada. A centerpiece of Borg tech is the ability to adapt to attack, and the Nerada has this feature as well. Um, perhaps a true testament to the Nerada's power and strength came when Captain Kirk's father piloted the Kelvin directly into the enemy ship. While it disabled the Nerada, it failed to destroy it. Nero repaired it and embarked on a crusade of revenge. As stated earlier, the Nerada was light years ahead of anything else seen in the 24th century outside of the Borg cube. By traveling back to the 23rd century, Nero and the Narada far outclassed any other Federation vessel but it was still not enough to save him from the defeat at the hands of the Enterprise crew. The Narada was lost at the end of the movie, marking an end for one of Star Trek's most powerful ships. Mm. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of makes sense for it to have Borg tech, especially if it's going back in time and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Use a transwarp drive. I
2: just wonder how they even got the fucking Borg weapon, though. Mm. Like, how do you do that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that kind of, I guess that, you know, in Chosen Picard, you know. Um, th- the Romulans were working with the Borg technology.
2: That's that, that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean that. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Because I guess it was they were probably from around the same time. Yeah. Okay, I'll accept it. It's accepted. <laughs> You're accepted. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I
1: already don't like the name of this article.
2: Oh yeah, it's uh, this one's going to be. Um, we're we're gonna read this one so this one's from trekmovie.com uh released uh, this one was published today so um after the third uh this one's by the trekmovie.com staff i guess so after the third and final season of star trek picard which brought back the cast of star trek the next generation fans have uh been fans have been wondered who wrote this (laughs) fans have wondered if there would be any follow-up there has been a lot of buzz about a spot possible Star Trek Legacy spinoff series focused on the USS Enterprise-G under the command of Captain Seven, Jerry Ryan. But Patrick Stewart is also thinking about what could come next for him and the TNG crew.
1: Patrick Stewart, please retire. Just enjoy your time off. Yeah, please. Just Like, <laughs> like, like, Star Trek Season 3 exists to undo the crimes of the TNG movies.
2: And it did it pretty well.
1: It did it pretty well. I f- I liked where it ended. Yeah. Like you, you. I didn't the love
2: the journey there, but I did like where it is.
1: Yes, ended. like and you as the viewer, I feel. I feel it's much better to give you the ability to fill in, like you know what happens to our, our favorite cast
2: we can Need we can uh one, one of the things that i like um that uh, fucking iris steven bear said about the end of ds9 mm. is that he wanted to leave some gaps open for people to fill in the gaps by themselves yes because absolutely. no great story is ever fully completed no you know No. and unless everyone dies at the end unless everyone dies and, that's, at the end. and then that's fucking cool so.
1: and yeah exactly like you you kind of imagine their adventures are still happening like you know they're doing all sorts of fun things and tng cast i feel like i feel like ending it again on the poker table bringing Mm -hmm. it back to all good things
2: really great way to end it It it. honestly it probably should have ended with all good things
1: honestly yes and and otherwise then we wouldn't have needed a star trek season three card but i mean it was good yeah but still like um yeah we don't we' not we we don't have to do then another Picard series to undo the film that you guys right. make again like I feel like like we kind of like set everyone up in a good place. You kind of assume everyone's going to do their own little things. Mm -hmm. Like you get get, everyone gets what they wanted at the end. Yeah. Let it go.
2: (laughs) So in a joint interview with LeVar Burton, Patrick Stewart talked to IndieWire about season three, including the moment he visited the remade bridge of the Enterprise D for the first time as it was being completed saying quote, I went down there and walked around the bridge alone and simply allowed all the memories to flood back. And yes, there had been some time-to-time difficulties. Of course, there have. But mostly the bridge signified to me creativity, work, and companionship, and also dependency. As Jean-Luc Picard, I needed every single one of my fellow actors up there, and I think it was the same for all of us. There was a combination of dependency and freedom, which is a nice sentiment. I like that. Uh, Burton chimed in on his reaction and said, "Quote, uh, And the bridge of the Enterprise reminded me of how much fun because that was one set where we would all be in a scene together right the rest of the episode we were all out doing our separate things but on the bridge days they were raucous we were reveling in each other and reveling in the work and it was glorious it really was Bringing back the Enterprise-D and its iconic crew was all part of showrunner Terry uh, Metalis's vision of turning the third and final season of Picard into a proper send-off for the TNG cast. But it looks like Stewart isn't ready to say goodbye <laughs> yet. Patrick Stewart! After noting and laughing off how he was, quote, quote advised not to talk about the Picard follow-up, Stewart said, quote, I think we could do a movie, a Picard-based movie, uh, now not necessarily at all about Jean-Luc Picard, but about all of us. And to take many of those wonderful elements, particularly from season three of Picard, and take out of that what I think could be an extraordinary movie. I keep telling people and mentioning it, and so far there's been no eager response, but it might well happen. And that... Would be, I think, a very appropriate way to say and goodbye, folks. Is though the and goddamn it, stop shitting on good endings. <laughs> uh, Burton indica- uh, indicated he agreed, but was satisfied with the ending provided by Picard season three, saying, "quote and I think for the most part, I think all of us feel the same way, basically." I. Uh, this is indeed it. I don't believe we could possibly have gone out in a better moment for the crew and for us as a family. So I I agree with Burton there.
1: Yeah. I feel that's a good place. Like, like let it go. Mm -hmm. Like just, just let it, just let it stop.
2: Right. So (laughs) it's been 21 years since the final next generation feature film, uh, star Trek nemesis ending the run of four TNG movies. Since then, Paramount pivoted to the Kelvin Universe tentpole movies, but has struggled to get a fourth movie past the development stage. The enthusiasm for Star Trek Picard Season 3 has, at least, put the TNG crew back into the conversation. If not a theatrical feature film, Paramount Plus could do a made-for-streaming movie, uh, the upcoming Section 31 movie starring Michelle Yeoh is reportedly the first of what they're hoping to be a series of Star Trek streaming movies.
1: Not if Paramount gets bought. Yeah. <laughs> go on there.
2: I mean, I'm afraid there's going to be Star Trek steaming movies, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Steaming piles of Duke. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Um, Paramount did keep the rebuilt Enterprise D-Bridge set just in case.
1: No. Uh, well, no, we can't stop them.
2: We can't. I mean, we could try. We can try. We can call in bomb threats every day they're filming.
1: <laughs> As a joke.
2: If you're in a Minecraft server. Yeah. Like, uh...
1: Yeah, o- only if.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we, this week, after we just reviewed a, um, uh, a great court episode mm-hmm. of Star Trek in, uh, Strange New Worlds, we're gonna go ahead and go to an opinion piece now. Mm-hmm we're gonna do a little reading series on all of Star Trek's trial episodes ranked. Oh, hells yeah. All 16 of them. Damn. 16, yeah, 16 trial episodes of Star Trek, which I think is pretty sick. So, uh, let's start from the top, uh, and this is from Gizmodo.
1: Is it, like, like number one's the best? Yes,
2: correct. Which, uh, before we even get into this, what do you predict are they gonna put as the best one, and what is your favorite trial episode?
1: Uh, measure of a man,
2: measure of a man is both for you. Yeah, yeah, I I'd actually pretty much agree with that. I do love Dax as an episode, and mm-hmm. I also love the DS Nine one. Oh, also the fucking one, um, uh, the one where O'Brien's on trial, uh, the Cardassian trial. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the it's what's it called? It's called like the tribunal or something mm-hmm. like that. But oh, very- they
1: also include uh, Star Trek Six because that has a trial.
2: That's yeah, I don't think they did, but I do yeah. like that trial. That's that's yeah. a pretty good trial. I yeah, these are just the episodes yeah. though. So, number 16, court martial from Star Trek: mm. TOS. Uh, so this is Star Trek's first crack at a trial format in which Captain Kirk is accused of criminal negligence for jettisoning an occupied research pod during an emergency only for it to emerge. Kirk had history with the lost crewman. It's not the most riveting take on the format, especially under the limitations that the show was never going to actually find its protagonist fallible, but it's still an interesting bit of insight into who James T. Kirk is as a person and the history before the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I barely remember this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next, we got something I fundamentally disagree with. Number fifteen, he puts "Author, Author" from Star Trek Voyager, which has got to be my number two, maybe, mm. maybe number three. I love this episode. <laughs> I fucking love all Doctor episodes. Oh yeah, even uh, Doctor Taylor, whatever that soldier spy, mm-hmm. like that. That one's silly, but it's still great. This is probably my favorite Doctor episode, mm-hmm. straight up. It fucking rocks, and it's also it's it's about like not only like rights of an author like Mm. author's rights it's also has like a commentary on ai and at the Mm -hmm. very end it actually has a commentary on organized labor Mm -hmm. which is fucking sick
1: that's why like yeah all the doctor episodes i think are the most human they are which is crazy because he's
2: like data he's like striving to be human Mm -hmm. and this is basically about the doctor writes a holodeck program and someone steals it Mm -hmm. and he's like no this is my work and the the person who steals it is like, you can't have rights to work. You're a hologram. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, by the end of the episode, they decide to give him the rights to it mm-hmm. because he is a legitimate author. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it also has a lot to say. You know, it's like there could be a commentary there like, is AI allowed to be an author? No, AI is not. He's not an AI. We're not making. He's not it. chat GBT. No. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's, he's much more evolved than that. Right. He's not stealing other people's shit. He's making stuff up out of his own. Yeah. Yeah. So next we have uh, Unification Three from Star Trek Discovery, and I would probably put this one at at the last, maybe. (laughs) I I didn't love this episode. This was like later in season three, Mm. and uh, it's a spiritual spiritual successor to the Unification episodes of Star Trek's past about Spock's attempts to reunite the fractured peoples of the Vulcans in Romulus. And this one sees Michael Burnham now in the far future where her half-brother's dreams have been achieved Face a tribunal of both races to see if she and the Federation can be trusted with valuable research data. Um, I didn't love this one, and I watched it pretty recently. Uh, This last half, really, actually, the whole season of Star Trek uh, Discovery, season three, I didn't love. No, it started out okay, but then it was just like, eh. (laughs) Um, yeah. what What do you think of that episode? Do you remember it? I don't remember it that well. Um,
1: Like, uh, like I kind of like. My eyes glaze over during it. <laughs> mm.
2: So next we have a TOS episode I do remember quite well, mm-hmm. uh, The Menagerie, yep. which is the one where uh, Kirk steals Pike. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. It just, like, steals a guy who's, like, basically like a robot now. Yeah. Beep! Uh, Beep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I thought this was pretty fun. It mm-hmm. wasn't great. It, there is, a, like, a lot of camp to it, and it's a two-parter, so it does feel mm-hmm. super long, if yeah. I recall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know the pacing back then wasn't great. Yeah, <laughs> but I—I th- I, I don't know. I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah.
1: We got our we got our boy Pike. You know.
2: Yeah. All right. Next, we have a matter of perspective from Star Trek: The Next mm. Generation. Um, so uh, this one is the one where Riker is accused of destroying an entire space station uh, because he is simply too much of a horn dog. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> like he just fucks so much that he blows shit up. Um, uh, also interesting in here is the court is shifted to the holodeck for a series of recreations uh, recreations of the alleged incident, mm-hmm. uh, changing and replaying on the fly based on testimony, uh, which I thought was a really cool way to like frame the episode. And I actually had a lot it's of fun. Like with Rashomon. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't think I'd put this so low on the list. Like, I yeah. had a lot of fun with this episode. Although, you know, there's 16 pretty good episodes here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, save a couple. But, um, you know, I, I, I like this episode from what I remember. I mm-hmm. don't remember it super well. All right, next we have uh, Distant Origin from Star Trek Voyager. Uh, do you remember this one? Uh, which one is it? Uh, this is the one where uh, Chakotay is presented to an academic board as proof that the Voth um have evolutionary roots on Earth.
1: Uh, oh, uh the um the uh the space dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, I like I like that. <laughs>
2: yeah, I remember <laughs> liking this episode pretty well too. Yeah. So um yeah, yeah, like I don't know. I don't love Chicote episodes and no. I don't love Chicote Chakotay because is like a dick. Yeah. And a total cop.
1: And he's also like barely even aware like he he doesn't seem like he even liked being on the show honestly. no he didn't
2: so so a uh, funny story uh, i think i might have told it before but robert beltran uh, after the second season of voyager just like was like i i think i hate doing this and so every year when it came time to negotiate his contract he'd give his agent just an absurd number that he knew that they would never meet and they just give him the money every single time it was just, Crazy. It
1: would have been easier just to kill him off. He would have loved that.
2: He would have. And I mean, I would have loved that too. We yeah, didn't cause need he Chakotay was really episodes. like
1: sleepwalking
2: through a lot. He was this. sleepwalking through it and he was just like as a character, like after a couple seasons. Like when he really leans into being commander he just becomes a fucking dickhead to yeah. everybody mm-hmm. like he's nice to janeway but only because she's his boss and
1: his maquis background really doesn't come into play too much it
2: doesn't and it sucks because yeah. that's the only interesting thing about him
1: yeah he just becomes good soldier and good, good soldier bad indian yeah
2: he's <laughs> terrible um Next, we have "Devils Do" from Star Trek TNG. Um, I don't really remember this episode at all. Which one is it? Um, so it's from TNG's fourth season. Uh, Picard and the crew are tasked with dealing with a planetary property dispute against the mysterious Ardra.
1: Oh, that—that's that, with the devil woman.
2: Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. And she, she turns out to be a right, 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 yeah. right, right. Okay, yeah, okay. I, I vaguely remember that one. That one was camp. Yeah, I don't know if I put it at the top here. No, that one was kind of silly. Um, it was fine, you know.
1: Yeah, I would like author author. Yeah, would be above that. Oh, so and, far above that. And also, yeah, like the like uh, Riker, um, the Riker episode. Oh yeah, also. where Riker
2: fucks the the space station apart. Yeah, yeah. Um next we have one of my personal favorites this mm. is probably like two or three on my list mm. uh, which is dax from deep mm. space nine and i think it's from the first season even mm. it's one of the better uh, episodes from the first couple seasons along mm-hmm. with uh, like duets ala moraine shut the fuck up <laughs> <on. laughs> <laughs> uh, i was almost gonna agree with you and then i i heard the song in my head and i'm like you go to hell and you, you die go, you son of a bitch bastard Um, So this is the one where uh, Jedzia Dax is put on trial for an alleged murder committed by her predecessor um, as the host of the Dax symbiont, Curzon. Which, you know, Curzon probably killed some people, but they deserved it. Uh, In something of a Riker-esque move, she's proven innocent by testimony from the woman Curzon was sleeping with at the time of the incident, the murder victim's wife. Wow! Yeah, which uh, is a great fucking, I love that twist. Mm Mm-hmm um because curzon he's is, a dog he is he's 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 probably my favorite character we only see once yeah or i mean twice if you count odo curzon yeah 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 it fucking rocks um next we have death wish from star trek voyager um do you remember this one this one was the the q episode the key oh yeah so Voyager becomes the center of a philosophical debate when a member of the Q Continuum, continuum requests asylum mm. so that he, as a member of the seemingly immortal all-powerful race, can commit suicide. Yeah, This was a really interesting episode.
1: Yeah, it goes into the discussions of, you know, assisted suicide and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it
2: was one of the better episodes of Voyager, in my opinion. Yeah. It, the later seasons of Voyager. Yeah. Uh, So while being uh, as delicate as it can with a particularly touching subject, being a Q episode, there's also a ton of hijinks as John Delancey's meddling omnipotent steps in to try to stop the asylum request. Yeah, we always love some John Delancey. Um, So this one was a good one that i recall oh um, yeah so number seven uh we oh yeah and th- uh, if i i think this is a jg uh we'll talk about that yeah um,
1: jg Hertzler as the yeah yeah, yeah yeah so
2: uh um number seven on this list is judgment from star trek enterprise now, which I, I really liked
1: that that was a really good episode yeah, yeah.
2: so th- in this one captain archer is put on trial by the klingons for conspiring against the empire mm-hmm. and finds himself defended uh through the klingons harsh judicial system by none other than jg motherfucking herzler hmm uh, beloved uh, General Martok yep. um, aside from getting to see Hertzler again it's also an interesting examination of Klingon attitudes and this yeah. is like early Federation Klingon attitudes mm-hmm. so it, it is super interesting
1: yeah and, and just like and just shows like the the corruption that exists mm-hmm. at, at within like yeah the Klingon society and, and J.G. Hertzler's you know lawyer character <laughs> <laughs> it's like fighting against it
2: so this one actually might be my favorite courtroom episode. Which one? Uh, Rules of Engagement from Star Trek: Deep Space mm. Nine. So this is a Worf trial episode. Yeah, where
1: the Worf, the, uh, the Klingon, another Klingon lawyer episode. Yeah,
2: yeah, where the Klingon lawyer is a prosecutor, and then Cisco is his defense, mm-hmm. and it fucking rocks. Yeah, um, Worf is like charged with blowing up a civilian ship or something like mm-hmm. that. I think, um, and then. He's like, no, I didn't fucking do it. And there's, like, an actual conspiracy behind it in the end. And it's so fucking good. Mm. Uh, it's it's t- just chock full of great Benjamin Cisco yelling.
1: Yep. And it shows also, like, and it also more Klingon culture stuff where, you know, the nerd Klingons, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, the, like the guy who became a Klingon lawyer, like, he's not physically able to, like, to like be like a good like physical warrior but, but he, he's still it, no he, patah he takes his he takes his battles to the courtroom and mm-hmm. and seeks honor that way which mm-hmm. is which is uh which,
2: which is we long. love when when klingons reframe anything as a battle yes like i <laughs> they they could like like a klingon could be like uh yeah i use a bidet <laughs> for for poop on my ass is my enemy i, I have must,
1: conquered the shit on my asshole i'd
2: be like yeah you fucking rock yeah you did you were a goddamn warrior my brother he,
1: he, he like he, he wipes afterwards and sees nothing there he's like <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah so uh number five on this list is veritas from star trek lower decks I that was a pretty good episode yeah. not not one of its strongest yeah but pretty good um
1: i think it's uh what's his name um uh as as the green dude the guy from that 70s show oh Foreman.
2: oh um yeah fucking i can never remember his name i know yeah robocop yeah y'all knew who
1: we're talking yeah about. yeah
2: kurt kurtwood smith kurtwood smith there you go yes. yep um so uh, this is a suitably silly twist for the trial episode format when the ensigns find themselves in an alien trial giving testimony to exonerate the Cerritos bridge crew. Many hijinks and misunderstandings later, it's actually a great story about the power imbalance between Starfleet's officer ranks and the fallibility of people we expect to be idealized examples. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's some good good lessons up in there. All right, now we get into the meat. Now we get into what I think are like Kind of the best, and the the bottom of this list, I feel, is pretty pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Um, Although there's some things I'd I'd switch out and stuff, but they're all pretty good. Uh, Number four, we've got Tribunal from Mm -hmm. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. This is definitely, I think, in my top three here. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a much much darker trial episode, like lighting wise, and the actual content. As the audience and Chief O'Brien are exposed to the despotic and horrifying twists of the Cardassian legal system. And being pre-sentenced to death for a crime he didn't commit and only aided by a lawyer who wants him to confess for the good of Cardassia rather than find the truth mm-hmm. it's far from the first or last time uh, miles would be put through the ringer but this is a great trial episode
0: mm-hmm.
2: number three on this list and I, I kind of agree with this um, add Astra Per Aspera from Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the, the the fucking one that just came out and we just watched. Mm-hmm. That episode was real goddamn good. Yeah, you know, it's about Illyrians. It's about uh, I think more deeply about like kind of trans and racial issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a real good framing of a bunch of issues into Star Trek. Like yep. they, they said stuff in the right way. Yeah, I, I liked it. Yep. I liked the hell out of it. And uh, everyone on there was hot as fuck. <laughs> right number two we got a great episode i fucking love this shit uh the drumhead from star trek the next Mm -hmm. generation um i don't know this one probably is on my top three i've got like five episodes in my top three at this point it just uh, it's not tenable so uh this one is a goddamn speech episode like uh this is just a series of uh fucking picard speeches basically um so he finds himself on trial for treason after Starfleet Admiral Nora Satie boards the enterprise on an investigation that gets quickly and increasingly conspiratorial It's a great tense episode but uh, you're really just there to watch Patrick Picard, oh, sorry Patrick Stewart sit in a chair and fucking do some capital A goddamn mm-hmm. acting What do you think number one is dog
1: Measure Man I was right
2: Oh you were definitely right also I,
1: I just realized they've left some out.
2: They did leave some uh, they, uh, fucking. The first episode of TNG is a goddamn trial episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking encountered farpoint.
1: Encountered farpoint. Um, uh, when Wesley killed the people.
2: Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
1: that yeah. I, I was waiting for that one to show up. I'm like, okay, where is it? What what episode was that? Like, but yeah, like that—that yeah. that is an entire trial episode. Yeah, you're totally and right. Yeah. Has one of the most iconic Picard speeches ever.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, you yeah. know,
1: with the you know the duty of Starfleet. You know, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And that, like, that was like. That's a whole trial fucking thing. Yeah. That's not on there?
2: No, it's not. Fuck this list, man. Also, either. what
1: about um, The Four Lights? I thought, isn't that kind of considered a yeah, trial? That's that's not. A, that's not a
2: trial. Yeah, no. it's more torture. Yeah, that's, that's just... That, <laughs> I mean, if, if that was a trial, then fucking like a Hard Time would be a trial, yeah. which is not a trial. It's, no. It's just misery. Yeah.
1: But yeah, Metro Man's good. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I was, I was surprised the the Wesley episode wasn't on there.
2: Yeah, it really should have been. That writer really dropped the ball. Fool. Yeah, or the AI they got to write. Yeah, it. the the chat more, G- the, more the Chat GPT that wrote that uh, article. Chat uh, the GPT stands for uh, Gizmodo uh, mm. PT. <laughs> Post traumatic <time>. stress disorder. <laughs> Post traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> His moto post traumatic, yeah, yeah, GPTSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You could have that one for free. Do whatever you want with it. Uh,
2: PTSD, cool. <laughs> that's the name of the episode
1: or something. Yeah, chat PTSD.
2: Uh, well, I think that's a good place to leave it for 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 now. I think so. I think yeah. that's all the Star Trek news we have for the day.
1: Yeah, Prodigy going away. Fuck that. Yeah, Not courtrooms back, baby. We yeah, got, we, we got more Star Trek. Cr- room episodes hell yeah they made a it. thing that's like can possibly do the thing that the tricorder does
2: that's pretty cool yeah it's cool well I think that's where we'll leave it Alrighty. thanks for joining us Truckers.
1: thanks for sitting, hanging out with us have a good day
2: hang, hang dong,
0: dong and, and shocker, shocker.
2: fried potatoes. Uh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> now you're doing a sling blade <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't reckon I could have you know, done some of them French fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't reckon. I you know what? Them French fried potatoes. I'm a simple man. I don't need no thing to dip and fry. I saw nothing. I just need some of that much for them French fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm.